Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Shep. Glad you are listening today. Scotty Scheffler birdies the third playoff hole for the win at the WM Phoenix Open. He beat Patrick Cantlay on the third playoff hole with a birdie. Patrick unable to make his birdie to force the fourth extra playoff hole. The place to be at the WM Phoenix Open was the 16th hole, however. Saturday, Sam Ryder made a hole-in-one And then on Sunday, Carlos Ortiz made it rain with a hole-in-one on the 16th hole. Trash littered the course, but it was all in good fun. Coming up on this edition of From the Short Grass, I have a Zoom conversation with Arkansas Razorback baseball player Connor Noland. You might remember Grant Morgan called him out in an earlier episode about how he would never be able to beat Grant on the golf course. Well, Connor might have taken offense to that. You won't want to miss what Connor has to say about Grant Morgan calling him out and about how Connor loves the game of golf. That's coming up after the break. But first, I need to tell you about our friends at Blackman Auctions. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Find out all of their upcoming auctions on the web at blackmanauctions.com. We're back after this. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary colorful rooms with high quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. Since 1938, my family has done their best to carry on a good reputation and name. Always operate with integrity. Always do the right thing in every situation. Do our best to solve every problem with the best possible outcome for all parties. Is it easy? Does it always work? No, not always, but integrity is always the target. I know this is more of a sermon than a commercial, but it's an insight into what is on my mind every day. For more information about upcoming auctions, go to blackmanauctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. College baseball season gets underway this week, so I decided it's time to talk to a baseball player. On the tee, Arkansas Razorback pitcher, Connor Nolan. Connor Nolan, welcome to From the Short Grass. In a previous episode, I sat down with Grant Morgan before the football season, and 
he mentioned that you had sent him a photo of you playing golf with your your dad, I believe, or maybe your grandfather, and you told him that you were coming for him. His response to that was, you're never going to beat him. That's true. He, uh, he likes to hold that over my head. I think it was back in sophomore year of high school. He was older than me, obviously, but we played a, a golf tournament for the baseball team, and he got the best of me that day, and he thinks that five years of separation from uh, then and now, he still has the upper hand, but uh, I'll let him have that for now, but we'll, uh, we'll meet again out there. <laughs> <laughs> when did you first pick up a golf club? It was a while back. My grandpa's played for a while, so I think probably sixth grade or seventh grade, but didn't really start getting into it until college. Did your grandpa t- kind of teach you the game a little bit? Yes, he did. He's always played. He uh, lives in Greenwood. They play at Vashgrass all the time. I know you know that course pretty well. I'm sure it's legendary around that area. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he, he's taught me most about what I know. Tell me about Vashgrass. What makes it so unique? And legendary, as you call it. <laughs> it's actually not uh, legendary. I guess it is for some of those guys down in Greenwood. They have the, the old men's club that goes down there and plays every day. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the first course that I ever saw. So I guess that's what makes it so nostalgic. What's the best round you've ever shot out there? Uh, I don't know if I've ever shot a good round out there. I have a tough time with that course. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not the best golfer by any means, but I can shoot in the eighties or low eighties, I've touched the 75s once, but that was like the ultimate day of golf where it'll never happen again. I was going to say, I mean, if you're, if you're touching 75, it might be time to call coach McMakin up and say, Hey, can I come play the blessings? If they have a spot, I'll go play out there every day. (laughs) It's a nice course. It is. What do you think is going on right now with Arkansas athletics and the football teams, you know, back up the baseball team, uh, last year, what you guys were able to do, I mean, I know you fell short of your goal of winning a national championship and getting to Omaha, but what is going on right now with athletics at the University of Arkansas? I think the leadership here right now is just unbelievable. Obviously, athletic director Juracek is doing a great job and uh, getting everybody situated where we have great leadership and coaches that are going to put us in the right place. Obviously, last year you were on the injured list for a lot of the season. How is your health going into this year? It's going great. I took the whole summer off, didn't go play a summer ball. So I was here in Fayetteville working out with Coach Kinsley and just working on uh, losing a little weight, getting in shape for the season, just building that up and recovering from the injury also. So it's I'm back to 100%, feeling great and ready to go. Obviously, as seasons come and go, changes are made, facilities are upgraded. And I've, I know that there are some former Razorbacks that are a little upset that they didn't get to participate in, in being that brand new facility uh, that you guys are in now. How is that facility and what is it like being in there uh, day in and day out? They're definitely missing out. I mean, they uh, did a great job with this place. It's unbelievable. Anything you could think of, we have it here. And, you know, we just really appreciate that they are investing in us like they did here in this facility. And all up. I mean, it feels like every year there's something new around a campus and, and other sports, and obviously we finally got our upgrade. you feel like that the team this year might be better than what you had last year? I think it's different. I mean, I, I don't want to say that last team's team was any worse than this team you know, this year or anything like that, but I think we have all the pieces of the puzzle and uh, the young guys that are stepping up and filling roles that we uh, lost from last year. Obviously, it's hard to fill the Golden Spikes award winner, but um, – 
you know, we have a lot of guys that are stepping up to the right place and older guys, you know, Zebramillion, Ram, Cole, Ramage, names like that, that, you know, maybe didn't do the most last year or in the past. And they're just really coming together and developing this year. What was fall ball like this year? It was different. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you have the whole summer. So I was here for the longest time. So I felt really prepared for fall ball. And, um, you know, it was great that we got to see a lot of guys play a lot of baseball. And I feel like we finished up so early that we have a lot of time to get in the weight room right now. So it, the timing has been perfect for a lot of people and gives us a lot of time to build up for the season. Have you gotten used to being in that first base dugout? I haven't. I don't think I'll ever get used to that. It's a little weird, but I, w- I always talk about it. It's not really about us being in that dugout. It's about the people and the hog pen being next to their bullpen. So <laughs> I would like to have a mic over there for uh, some of those games. That probably will be pretty interesting, don't you think? Uh, they're going to have a, a tough time over there. Talk about a hostile environment. They're going to create one, and I think that's going to be a big advantage for us. Speaking of hostile environments, being in Bomb Walker when it is filled to capacity – and it's loud, and it's, I mean, late in the evening, the sun's setting. What is that atmosphere like? I think it's the best in the nation. Obviously, our, our fans show out all the time, and uh, you get late in the season or an SEC play. We got people camping out just to get in the games, and, you know, that kind of just shows the dedication, and, uh, you know, they really bring it. They, uh, they're into the game, and even when we're down or stuff's not going our way, they're, they're tuned in, they're ready to cheer, and I think that gives us a big advantage when we're at home. Being a kid from Greenwood, growing up following the home state team and the Arkansas Razorbacks, what does it mean personally to you, Connor, to put that Razorback baseball jersey on, the cream jersey on a Sunday? What does it mean to be wearing that A on your hat? It's an honor. I mean, obviously, growing up watching this uh, team and this whole university play, I always wanted to be a Razorback. So, you know, I'm getting the opportunity to wake up every day with the A across. Uh, you know, my hat and then Arkansas, my jersey. I mean, it's a, it's a great honor and it humbles you and makes you uh, really appreciate every moment. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting older now. So it's been a good four. I guess this is my fourth year. So it's just, you know, reminiscing and appreciating all that I've uh, been able to accomplish and, you know, see my time here. You started uh, with a football team. Do you miss playing football at all? I don't miss it. I like being a fan, I think, more than anything. I still uh, have a lot of buddies over there, so um, I, I like cheering them on and seeing them be successful. Do you talk with John Steven much? Do you play any golf with him? I do. He's still my roommate, so uh, I live with Buffer Pool and John Steven, so we, we go out to the golf course pretty often and I hit him around. There's no trash talk in that, in, that, in that household, is there? Never. No, no, we don't trash talk. <laughs> <laughs> sure there is. Come on, give me something. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, we, we get after it. We're all competitive. We're uh, you know, we don't let anything go by uh, without a little some words. How often do you get to actually play the game of golf? I try to play at least once a week right now. But during the summer, I played, I mean, three or four times a week because I was just doing workouts and then I'd be done and have the rest of the afternoon. So I'd always track out there and go play. A lot of baseball players, it seems to me, play golf as well. And, and maybe it's just because you know, they want something to take up their time when they're away from the game. What is it for you? Why play golf? What does it help you clear your mind or anything like that when you're out there? I think that's part of it. I mean, you go out there, it's just you and the golf course or your buddies you're going out there with. And uh, I think it's a really competitive game and it's on you. I mean, it's a standalone sport. There's nobody over there going to help you out. If something goes wrong, it's, it's your shot, not anybody else's. 
So I think, um, I mean, I saw a documentary the other day, Canelo was playing golf and he kind of talked about it. Uh, obviously he's a championship boxer, but he likes to get out there and it's just the mental side. I mean, you have a bad shot, you got to come back the next, the next one and make a good one. So I think that's really the, uh, why baseball players are drawn to that or anyone. What's the strength of your game? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, probably my irons. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good with, with those. I'm not the best with my driver. I keep that thing in my bag most of the time. I'm, I'm a three-wood kind of guy off the tees, so uh, I'm definitely not going to enter a long drive contest anytime soon. So be, being a guy that, that pulls the three-wood off the tee, I think that tells me that you're a guy that's you're trying to hit it in the fairway and not just hit it as far as you can and then go chase it and play it from wherever. Correct. Yes. I, I like a good lie more than a, the distance on the driver. So uh, I've struggled with my driver in the past. I've been getting golf lessons from Julian Perico on the, on the golf team. So um, I'm trying, I'm trying, you know? <laughs> yeah, boy, not a bad place to go to get golf lessons though, from some of the guys on the Razorback golf team as uh, we've seen what they did uh, this fall. Yeah. They're not too shabby. They've been playing well. And I actually went and watched them play at the blessings uh, for one of their tournaments. So I got to see them in action live, which was my first ever golf experience in college. Yeah. One thing is you got to be able to understand their language. You got to speak their language. Yes. It's definitely different than everything, but you, you can definitely see how they uh, approach the game different than uh, a casual golfer like me. Yeah, there's something else. They were fun to watch. I got to see them a little bit practicing at the Blessings, and then I got to see them at the Elotion Club when they played in the uh, Jackson T. Stevens Cup and it came oh so close to beating Notre Dame in that match play that final day. Did you get to see any of that on the Golf Channel? I didn't get to see any of it on the Golf Channel. I was keeping up on Twitter, but other than that, I, I can't remember what I was doing that weekend, but I was away from the TV. Okay, when you when you guys go out, when it's you – uh, bump, John, Steven, Grant, what's the, what's the bet? What are you playing for? And are there teams? Do you divide up? What goes on there? Uh, we normally just do best ball. We'll go teams, you know, two person, two person teams, and then best ball. We play all kinds of different games, but, uh, that one seems to be the best because you know, you get into a scramble with some guys, all it takes is one good person to, uh, really, really handle it. So yeah, best ball is one of our thing. So what's, what's the bet? Is it dinner? Is it lunch? Is it gas money? Pride, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't play for much. We're just playing for the bragging rights. Obviously, Grant thinks he still has those, and uh, um, I think he's forgetting about a couple of matches we've had recently. Well, he, he's the older guy. I mean, so, yeah, he's probably going to talk the most noise as well, I would think. I know. He's like 28 years old, and he thinks that, uh, you know, being a 22-year-old's you know, something to brag about. I don't know. Okay. So when I had him on before and then it got out into the Twitter verse, there were people in Greenwood talking about, they would pay money to see a match between you and Grant. They're in Greenwood at Vassgrass. Oh, Will it happen? I mean, I'd like to see it happen. I'm, I don't know the likelihood of it, but if he could get his schedule cleared and I get mine cleared, I'd love to see it. I think the people would enjoy it. See, I think the problem here is his season ends and then your season basically is starting for baseball and it's just going to be tough to figure it out. It might have to be like well into the summer and he might not have to be in like a training camp or something if he decides to go to the NFL, correct? Correct, yeah. It would have to be then because obviously it's going to get pretty cold here. Uh, It's not going to be too fun to be outside. (laughs) Is that when you put the clubs up? I do. Normally right around this time. I mean, if it's – 
catch a good day, I'll go out there still. But it's it's pretty cold right now in the uh, afternoon, so it's kind of tough to uh, keep that same dedication when it's like that. Do you practice it as much as you would, say, obviously not baseball because that's your main sport, but do you get to practice much, and what do you work on when you're practicing? I don't practice much. I Normally, if I get to the course early, I'll hit a couple balls around. But, uh, I mean, I just try to – be smooth and I'm not trying to be Tiger Woods out there I'm just trying to hit it in the fairway and make a decent shot so um, I probably need to put on do putting more I'm, I'm pretty terrible at that sometimes it's pretty inconsistent so I think that might be the, the shortcomings of my game speaking of Tiger Woods is he must see TV when he's in a tournament do you have to get in front of a TV and watch yes yeah he is I mean that ever since I was little he's been the guy to watch and I think that has been every time he gets on TV, it's a must-see. Is there anybody else that you would sit down and, and spend some time watching besides Tiger? I mean, I think the whole Bryson DeChambeau thing, and <laughs> I think that's interesting how they have their uh, their beef or whatever you want to call it in golf. I mean, it's good viewer, good viewing TV, and uh, they're kind of making it interesting. It's fun to watch. Normally, you think about golf, a respectful game, and it's a gentleman's game, but I kind of like the edge they're bringing to it. And uh, I think you might see that more in, in the future. But it, I think those two guys bring a lot of energy. It's kind of like they're bringing eyes that normally wouldn't be watching golf because they hear it somewhere else. And they're like, oh, wait, wait, th- th- this is something I need to pay attention to, correct? Definitely. The media is really pushing the story. And uh, anytime they can get a hold of uh, Brooks saying something, I mean, they're, they're going to put it out there. And I think it's bringing a lot of new attention to golf. Best golf course you've ever played? Oh, it's a tough question. I think Montreux and Reno, Nevada is probably one of the nicer courses I've ever played. All right. Best course that you've seen that you want to play that you haven't been able to. I mean, I want to play Pebble Beach. I think that's everybody's bucket list, but uh, that was, that's definitely up there for me. It's nice. It's nice. Have you played? Oh, yeah. Lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we went out to, to Pebble with my wife uh, for a vacation. And uh, I'll tell you this. July 2nd, I played Spyglass Hill. July 3rd, I played Pebble. Pants, shirt, sweater, and a light pullover, a rain slicker because it was misting. It was that cold July 3rd in Pebble. That's ridiculous. I mean, that, you get on the Pacific Coast, it's, I'm sure that weather is not too uh, nice to anybody. It was nice. It was nice. But yeah, Pebble's a good one to go. I mean, if that's on your bucket list, I'm sure you'll make it sometime. All right. Let's say you go to the pros, you're playing baseball. Are you going to try and pack your golf clubs with you too? So some of those long road trips, you might have an off day or something. You're going to head to a course somewhere. Definitely. I mean, that's, I think that's a must have uh, item when you're, when you're traveling around or being in the minor leagues. I know a lot of guys that are uh, from last year's team, they're still playing a lot or they were playing. Uh, after they got drafted. So I think that's a big thing for me. I'm going to need a little downtime at some point. If I don't have those, I don't know what I do. Being a pitcher, I would assume playing golf is a little bit easier than, than a field player, everyday player, someone that's going to have to hit too. Do you think that the baseball swing and the golf swing kind of co-mingle or totally different? Don't need to, to try and do both. I think it'd be tough to do both. I mean, I, uh, I tried to hit BP the other day and I was very, um, I'll say bad, I guess would be the word. There's worse words for it, but um, I, I was swinging like a golf club. It was weird, just felt uh, abnormal. But I think with, with those guys, they're swinging a, a bat every day, so they can probably differentiate the 
the two swings that they're doing. All right, favorite MLB team. Who is it? Uh, I don't really, I don't really have one. I mean, I I watch baseball for players. I like Justin Verlander. I was always a fan of the Tigers back in the day, but I'm not saying I'm an Astros fan or anything like that. But um, I, I'm more of a player watcher than anything. Okay, so who are the players besides Verlander you like to watch? Max Scherzer, Mike Trout. Obviously, I mean, you have to watch that guy. He is probably the greatest player of our generation right now. Uh, I kind of like some of the young guys, Juan Soto, uh, Tatis right now is fun to watch. Exciting players. They play hard. They go after it and they're, you know, he's, he's legging out doubles on singles. So pretty crazy. How many, how many MLB stadiums have you been to and where's one that you want to go to that you haven't been to? Uh, I've been to probably five or six. I went to Wrigley a while back. I've been to the Rays. I love loved Wrigley, but I don't know which stadium just really would stand out. I mean, I think the Green Monster would probably be the next one that I would want to see up there in Fenway in Boston. Yeah, just historic. You know, it's it's a little different than everything else. So I think that would be a good opportunity. No doubt. Okay, back to golf. What's in your golf bag? What 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 kind of clubs are you playing? What does Connor Nolan play? I'm playing Callaways. I kind of a mixed and match bag. I have Callaway Rogue, uh, three wood, and then I have. I, gosh, what's the name of the, it's an orange Callaway. Um, I get it gifted to me. So I don't really, I don't really use it. So I don't even know the name of it, <laughs> but, um, and then I have Callaway irons also the graphite shafts, a little different, really stiff. You gotta, gotta have the stiff shafts. So, yeah, I figure that as strong as you are putter, what, what type of putter are you using? I have an odyssey. Okay. Two ball or just. Right. Yes. Two ball. Okay. You like that? It works for you sometimes? It works sometimes. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it. (laughs) You don't throw it, do you? Uh, Unless I have to, no. (laughs) I was going to say, I bet you could throw it pretty far if you had to. I could probably launch that thing, but I I try to keep my cool out there. I'm not a professional. I can miss a couple putts. Yeah. Okay. Fantasy golf foursome. This last question. Give me three other guys you want to play with sometime before, you know, you're you're done playing golf forever. Absolutely. Anybody. It could be anybody, Connor. I think number one on that list is John Daly, just because of the, you know, Arkansas ties. I'd probably pick Tiger Woods also just because, you know, it's Tiger Woods. I mean, he's possibly the greatest player ever. Number three, whew, that's a tough one. I don't want to stick with just golfers. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw somebody in there that's a little different. Michael Jordan. I don't know about that. Charles Barkley. He might be uh, a little too competitive for me. (laughs) (laughs) I watched the last dance. I don't know if I want that guy around me on the golf course. Okay, I can understand that. Well, here's what I I I play with Tom Brady. That's an easy one. I mean, he plays a little golf on the golf golf channel, so uh, he can shoot around a little bit. That'd be a little fun. That would be fun. You might be able to get number one to happen. All you got to do is go talk to Coach McMakin. Little John's on the golf team. Say, hey, LJ, come on, help me out here. I know I know. John Daly gets up there and plays with LJ some, so maybe they invite you one day. I might have to sneak out there. Who knows? I might be in the bushes waiting on the first tee. <laughs> in the bushes waiting on the first tee. Hey, Connor, thanks so much for joining me. Best of luck this year. Good luck with uh, Razorback Baseball. and. Uh, Man, it, I really enjoyed this, and uh, have a great, great year. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. 
This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success, not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. Looking for a quick overnight trip? Need a place to stay? BPHotels.com is the place to go. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels, one of our great sponsors of From the Shoregrass. On the tee, it's our weekly rules segment. Here's PGA Master Professional, Adam Carney. Adam, this comes in from Robert in Texarkana. His question is, have there been changes to the use of the Greens book? And I know a lot of the Yardage books have a green component to them where they have the greens, uh, basically its own little pages. And, I mean, they make changes all the time to them. But what are the most recent changes to um, the rules of golf in using green guides, if you will? Yeah, great great question. And this kind of goes, this change kind of goes to back to the integrity of the game and, and skill. It got to a point with CAD uh, capabilities and things like that, where they were able to do three-dimensional uh, images of the green and measure slopes and degrees, and you know, to where it got to a point where a player didn't have to rely on his skill of reading greens to, you know, obviously make a putt or or, or be successful with the putter in his hand. So um, they they took away that component from the standpoint of hey, you can't have this printed 3D image, you know, or actually any printed image of the green. Um, But they do allow the player or his caddy to do hand drawings of the green. Now, for some reason that the size of that, you know, can't be an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. Sure, It's got to be, you know, I think it's four and a half by seven inches or something like that. Um, it has to be hand-drawn. It can't be something that's produced or photocopied or anything like that. It has to be done by the player or his caddy drawing with their hand. So now the yardage books that you might have had that had the hot and cold, if you will, of a green complex, you can't use those anymore at all? Correct. If it's showing substantial amount of information about the green, let's just say if it's pre-produced information about the green and the player has not gleaned that knowledge 
through his own experience on the green during a practice round or his caddy, then that information is not within the rules. So the old yardage books that you might have had last year, year before even, you can't use now if they have those green components in them or just rip those pages my, out? My, my understanding of the rule is if, if it has a pre-produced diagram of the green with the schematics, if you will, then... The arrows <clears throat> pointing every di- different me, way. Yeah, then that is no longer acceptable under the rules of golf. I get that. Um, I think there's two two issues. You know, one, the skill. You know, Ben Crenshaw, probably one of the greatest putters of all time, if not the greatest. Tiger's probably right up there with him. But, you know, Ben Crenshaw didn't have that stuff. There's probably a reason Ben Crenshaw's two major wins were at Augusta. Yeah. His ability to read greens, his touch, his skill with a putter in his hands. I think the green reading books kind of... You know, in a way, it kind of went along with maybe the belly putter where, where people, you know, couldn't handle nerves with putts and they were able to reduce that by anchoring it, you know, to their belly or to their chest. It took away the skill. And the green reading book, I think, did that to some extent, too. Technology is invading every aspect of our life. And, you know, golf is one of those things that is very traditional and wants to remain such. So... Uh, I think it's a good decision, and I, I think it's it's putting the hands, you know, the the skill back into being a good putter. If you've got a question on the rules of golf or a topic you'd like to have Adam discuss, send us an email from the shortgrass at gmail dot com. That will do it for this edition of From the Shortgrass. I'll leave you with this from Jim Murray. He says, "Actually, the only time I ever took out a one iron was to kill a tarantula, and I took a seven to do that." I hope your next round of golf is a good one. And when you find your ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. And I hope to see you from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.